Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whatever time this finds you listening, welcome. It's good to have you come along. I'm Pastor Radio Valverde. This is Concafe, an online devotional, hopefully keeping us in line in terms of our obedience and our fruitful service to our Lord and King Jesus Christ. We're looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 26 through 27, skipping to chapter 16 and looking at verses 4b through verse 15 in the New International Version of the Bible. I pray this finds you right where you are, right where you need to be, or on the path to where God would have you be, knowing that you're never alone, knowing that you never face anything more than you can face because God is with us, God can help us, God can bless us, and in being obedient and faithful, faithful and fruitful, we can bless God and we can bless those that belong to God and those who don't yet belong to God. Did you ever stop and think about that? That's true. So welcome. Good morning, dear friends. Hear now the word of God, verse 26. These are the words of Jesus. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Dear friends, this is the awesome word of God for us, and we say thanks be to God. Well, again, dear friend, welcome. May a marvelous Monday be yours, all of you who belong to the Concafe family. And may this work week be filled with opportunities to share the love and name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, dear friend. And as we pray, let us lift high the name of God who answers prayer. My cousin, Bobby Padilla, is now fully awake and no longer stands in need of a lung transplant. Praise be to God. We will remember that she had been in a coma due to COVID for a long time. And we rejoice that she is doing so well. Thanks be to God. Please continue to pray for her, that this healing continue with her. Also, I share that my dear friend, Mr. Daniel Solis, was released on Saturday from the hospital as he expected and is home. And pray that God would bless him with a full victory over his cancer. I've not yet received any updates on our brother, Mr. Jim Dorf, but we pray that he be holding his own. Prayers for all the family members of these sisters and brothers who need healing and comfort. Pray for one another and pray for yourselves. 
Now, one of the most interesting authors in the New Testament was a non-Jew, a Gentile, a physician by the name of Lucanus, or Luke. He was a convert to the Christian faith by what he, by what he had experienced in hearing the gospel about Jesus and what he saw happening in the lives and needs of others. So intense was Luke's experience that he undertook the arduous task of visiting and interviewing as many of the eyewitnesses he could find who were still alive, who could give him first-hand accounts of what they saw and experience in seeing the Lord Jesus Christ during his ministry among us. So outstanding was his scholarship that Luke produced a massive volume of Jesus' life and ministry, as well as the response of that ministry that gave birth to the early Christian church. The church councils, as they viewed and reviewed the book, decided that it would be best if they would cut the book into two parts, making the first part the gospel part, the gospel we now know as Luke. The history of the church was called the Acts of the Apostles, where the coming of the Holy Spirit was key to giving birth to the church and the response of so many to go into all the world and to make disciples among them, uh, Peter and Andrew and all the disciples, but among them also Paul, originally known as Saul, who became one of the chief evangelists and missionaries of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, part of the reason for this division also was that the church authorities believed that more introductory material was needed on the Holy Spirit. Looking at, at Luke, <clears throat> Luke does mention the Holy Spirit, but not as much as John. And if you jump from Matthew to Luke, you see the coming of the Holy Spirit as tongues of fire in chapter 2. And, and the whole start of the church was through the power and authority of the Holy Spirit coming in that way. And the church fathers, I hate to say that, but the church authority said, you know, it'd be best if we could introduce some of the material that John shares in his gospel. Remember, John's gospel was called the spiritual gospel. We placed that between the two books so that people would better understand the third person of the Godhead, which is God the Holy Spirit. So this passage we will study today is part of the desired information the church wanted us in later generations to have to better receive the work of God, the Holy Spirit. The verses I read are key to understanding just who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit can do. Now, John recorded Jesus as speaking of the Holy Spirit as being first an advocate. That's an interesting word. Advocate is one who speaks on our behalf. An advocate is fully vested in us and will do all that needs to be done on our behalf to grant us the victory over whatever we are facing. Jesus also said the advocate would come from the Father and is the Spirit of truth who would speak on our behalf as a trusted and truthful witness. We too, of course, must testify, but the Holy Spirit gives to us what we should say. The first and best of we, what we can share is what God has done for us. Think about that. What has God done for you in a marvelous way that you can share with somebody else? Has anybody asked you, what's so different about you? What makes you so happy? What, what has happened in your life that makes you a positive, uplifting sort of person? And that's your opportunity, dear friend, to share exactly what God has done in your life. You'll be a witness for what God has done. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words, give you the courage, give you the boldness to share. Now, the mere fact that Jesus was sharing this was received with grief because it meant that he was going to leave behind his 12 disciples. 
Yesterday, Nellie and I had a chance to catch up a little on that show that we've been watching called The Chosen, which is kind of a TV series filmed here in, in Texas about uh, Jesus' life and ministry. And I was struck by how much the Twelve needed and wanted to have Jesus with them all the time. In one scene, Jesus has finished the meal. He dismisses himself or tries to as he wants to go and pray and be alone. And he's met with a series of questions as to where he's going, how long he would be gone, and where they could find him in case they needed him. Does that sound familiar? Yes, you probably go through that in your homes, either with your spouse or with your children or uh, with your own parents as you're leaving too soon from a visit. And we remember that after his crucifixion, the twelve knew only to stay together in the upper room behind locked doors. They were in fear, and they feared the authorities that had put Jesus to death, and they feared that they would be next. They did not quite understand that Jesus' real presence on the earth after his departure would be the Holy Spirit. I quote again what he wrote. Jesus said, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he explains how this happens. Jesus said about sin, because people do not believe in me. And that's true. If more people believed in Jesus and followed Jesus and tried to be little Christ, as the name Christian is all about, there would be less sin. And then Jesus said about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no, no longer. In other words, righteousness belongs to me as I'm going to the Father and will be in that holy and sacred place that is the realm of heaven. But righteousness should also be that which we seek even here on the earth. And lastly, he says about sin, because people do not believe in me. And uh, sin is still controlling so many lives. And then about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, who in the world do you think is the prince of this world? If you guess Satan, if you said the devil, you're right. And about judgment, Jesus said, because, I'm repeating myself because it's important, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, quite a work assignment, yet... The Holy Spirit can do it. It has all been taken care of. The old Holy Spirit has taken care of the three. We are to believe and follow the example of each by staying away from sin, for we know that sin leads only to death. We are to seek righteousness, for it leads to God. And judgment will come to all, with the chief recipient being the devil for what he stands for and what he's already condemned for. But we know that we too will stand in judgment for our sins our actions, and our decisions. If we want to be blameless on that day, we need to completely surrender our sins and our entire lives to Jesus Christ, and we will stand with him truly as our advocate. Now, Jesus also promises that when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will, only, or he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes and he is here among us, he will speak only what he hears. In other words, he is Jesus' true representative. He is now the one who speaks 
the presence and power of Jesus into our lives, into our churches, into our situations. Jesus further said he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit's not going to make anything up. The Holy Spirit's simply going to relay what Jesus is sharing with him to us. Then Jesus goes further. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit became the way, and still is the way, to stay connected to Jesus. He is our intercessor in our prayers. Romans 8, read that passage again, where sometimes we don't know how to pray, we can't pray. We've been crying so much, we have so much pain. Holy Spirit interprets those groans, those aches, those deep sighs that we take. Those are prayers. He makes truth known. And if we speak on behalf of the Lord, we're sharing what Jesus needs shared on his behalf. The primary task, dear friends, is to make known Jesus' name in a positive way. In other words, glorifying him. And our praying and our listening gives us that which we need as we continue our journey of faith in his name and spirit. Now reading this passage reminded me of our children and grandchildren that they went or are going through different stages of dependency and trust. <clears throat> Our oldest, when she was yet a baby, Nelly Maria, uh, when she learned how to crawl, stayed primarily on a blanket that mom would put on the floor. She knew that she was safe, completely safe on that blanket, and she would crawl a little bit. And I'll never forget one night when she crawled to the very edge of that blanket. She stopped, she looked back at us, smiled, and did this little noise of, <laughs> look at me and put her little hand on the space just beyond the blanket. In other words, am I on a table or am I on this ledge? And, you know, this next part is, you know, a, a cliff or something. But she, she felt that it was solid. And so again, she looked back, smiled, and crawled off the bank blanket and onto the floor. She stopped when she was completely off. I guess she wanted to make sure, you know, I'm off the blanket and yet I haven't fallen. And here I am yet with mom and dad. Looked back again, made her little noise again and crawled up into the hallway. This was a major achievement from the days when she had to have us in plain sight or she would not be happy. And our newest, our grandson, Eli Ryan, is stuck on that stage right now. He's only eight months old. But he only falls asleep in the arms of those who love him. He'll easily fall asleep in grandma's arms. He and grandma have a special connection. He loves and adores his grandma and uh, gets excited when he sees her. And uh, she gives him a bottle. He falls right asleep. Grandpa, I'm in a close second. He gets excited for me, but he accepts, expects more from me, like take me outside, you know, in his little way. He makes it known that he wants to go outside. He wants to go to the swing or he wants to go on a walk or he wants me to play music that he likes. And if I give him a bottle, he will fall asleep in my arms. Of course, mom and dad, they have first place. But if we try to place him on a bed or his crib or maybe even on the sofa, he's immediately aware that we are not with him and he cries in the same way jesus knew the first steps of those disciples and new believers would be just like that we measure our steps and feel better knowing we are not alone you ever admit that and so as he's speaking of the coming of the advocate 
Jesus knew that would be exactly the assurance that we, the church, still needed to make our way forward and upward. Dear friends, we have one who holds our hands and guides us if we but trust. But the work on the road ahead will depend on our full trust that we place on him. Here's what we should hear. Don't hold back. There's a great big harvest field ready for the picking if we take the right steps in faith and trust. Let's pray. Loving God, guide us on with full trust in us. Increase the trust we should have in you so that our progress will be ever forward and ever upward. Reaching those we have not yet reached and doing that which has not yet been done. Yours is the victory, the kingdom, and the glory. Take us with you in that way. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Again, dear friend, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, being a blessing to us in, in sharing this devotional time with us. I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Be bold and courageous. Here's your assignment. Be bold and courageous in all that God has asked you to do. He is with you, and he will give you the victory. Receive my blessings of joy and peace. I'm Pastor Radio Alverde. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.